Hey, it's Chris Herb, and welcome to the Triple Clicks Video Game Marketing Podcast, our first official episode. Thank you for joining us. You know, it's been a journey for me. I've been working in the video game industry for about 20 years, working on some of the best brands, Wizards of the Coast, Electronic Arts, Legendary Pictures. One of the things I noticed when I was in those spaces was there is no video game specialized agency that I could partner with. So about five years ago, I started my own agency, Triple Clicks. We're a consumer-focused strategic marketing agency specializing on the video game industry. And, you know, we meet with some of the best brands and industry executives. And every time we have great conversations, I think to myself, God, I wish I had recorded those conversations. There were some great insights and thoughts that I'd love to share with people. And that's really what this podcast is. It is a platform for us to talk to brands and connect with people and hopefully share insights around marketing from inside this industry. So here we go. Our first episode, our guest, Tom Edwards, the Chief Digital and Innovation Officer for Epsilon. He really kind of interviewed me in this because he came out to LA and wanted to talk to us and I wanted to talk to him, and this was a great opportunity for our first podcast. So great conversations about future tech, data and gaming, and how people from Oklahoma steal stuff, like my basketball team. Thanks for joining. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you for joining. Chris, thank you for having me. It's, it's great to have you here. We've been friends. I almost 10 years, I think, we met, we were both on the board of uh, Mike Johnson. I'm not sure if that guy's still around. <laughs> He'll eventually hear this and be offended, but uh, <laughs> Playground Dad, we were both on the board uh, of that. I think we met at the time, I think you were either intelligent at the time or the marketing arm. Yeah, somewhere somewhere around there. We met and uh, yeah, just, it was an instant, like, Chris is one of the the just best people in the industry that I've ever met. And so, Having that opportunity to continue to carry on that uh, friendship over time and watching your career progress and having the opportunity to work with each other on and off over all those years, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, whether we were co-writing articles together or working on promotions or whatever it was. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to be here. I think you were inspirational for me. We were You were at the marketing arm. I was at EA Sports at the time. I think we were doing a lot of things collaboratively from an agency perspective. I think when you were intelligent, you were working on... I was running the Madden stuff, and I think you mm-hmm. were doing the tech for the Xbox forums and and the the boards. Yeah, yeah, we did the techno- We did the forums for the Xbox uh, forums. Actually, we did the blog for Madden 08 and just a number of other execution with EA. I've always enjoyed and loved technology and gaming, and having that opportunity to bring the two together and getting to partner with you, phenomenal. Yeah, that's been fun. You're now chief. Your title is. Can't even get through it. Chief <laughs> Innovation and Digital Officer for Epsilon. And yeah. for those who don't know Epsilon, literally one of the largest agencies in the world. You, I think you have 3,000 clients, and you guys do amazing, crazy data and technology things, uh, and you're heading up all of the technology, innovation, and digital side. Tell me, what what's the day-to-day with that role, and how is that? Uh, how are you working through that? Um, with brands, yeah. For me, I focus in on the the agency side of the business. So it's all about my world is all about creative technology. That's finding unique and compelling hacks within technology that we can take and extend creative through um, product development. A lot of our AI based work, um, just innovation, technology, 
you know, previously strategy and data design. So my day-to-day covers so many different areas across so many clients. But uh, the thing that's always kind of come back to is we're really all about kind of data. So understanding of consumers, understanding affinity and how all that plays together. And you and I actually partnered on a, an ebook. We did. Uh, talking about esports and white paper esports, and, the first uh, publication. We had written articles together on promotions and brands uh, when I was at EA and had done a bunch of fun articles on it. And I think when, when we got back together, when I started the agency, esports and talking about esports with brands, which is a hot topic for me. And just kind of educating the space on that. So it was fun to be able to partner, first, the fact that we're just working together again, but also the fact that we can tap into Absalom's data. And you guys can, it, you guys are like the Will Smith movie where we can follow <laughs> you with satellites kind of data. Um, so treme- tremendous depth uh, of that stuff that you guys could pull that white paper together and we just kind of talked a little bit about gaming, but you guys did all the work. No, you guys are phenomenal. That's the thing, too. Like, you know, you and I have had conversations multiple times about it. So many brands think about gaming and, and the word esports comes up. You know, it's competitive gaming, you know, huge viewerships, 300 million people globally. But one of the things I really admired about you is how you articulate the role that gaming plays for brands and marketers. I'd love for you to kind of tell the story like you've told me many times. Yeah. I look at esports as right now. I think it's like a Trojan horse for brands to get into the space. I think I think it's amazing for gamers. I think it's amazing for the people that are playing the games. I think there's tons of opportunities there, lots of growth. When you think about gaming, the only really way to make money in this industry is to to build games. And with where we go with esports and all these other things, now there's so many different ways that you can kind of build a career within the space. So I think from the gamer side, I think esports and, and competitive gaming is spectacular. I think it's tougher for brands. I think a lot of people want brands to come into the gaming space. When I was doing Madden 10 years ago, we would meet with brands and they'd be like, why gaming? Why would I get into gaming? And it's really pivoted. Now it's like, hey, I need to do gaming stuff. I just don't know how to do it. And esports is that easy check mark. I, I'm doing gaming things. You, esports can be packaged up like traditional sports. It's easy to sell up to management. It's easy to come through. But it's tougher to see ROI on those things. And so I always ask brands, what are you trying to accomplish? Are we building relationships with gamers or are we marketing to gamers? Because those are two different things. I think the esports side is a great piece of business, but it's very much an advertising model for game for brands. And I look at the partnership and lifestyle and really kind of building relationships with gamers is a different path. And then when you do that, you can also use esports as kind of amplifying your message through that. But for brands, it's really figuring out what your gaming path is and how long are you going to be in the space and how authentic do you want to be. And I think that helps them navigate which side of the, you know, the road they take because they both eventually merge, but it's, you know, are you an advertiser or are you a collaborator is always the thing. So I think helping brands understand the opportunities that are there and the, and the things outside of esports, I, I get all the time. Esports is going to be a $2 billion business by 2021 and Call of Duty is a 1.5 billion business now, like, <laughs> right. and it's one of a hundred games within the space. So, you know, I think esports probably makes up about one to two percent of the revenue within the space. So it's real small. It's an easy entry thing. So it's really making sure that brands are spending the money and spending the time as um, as much as they can do it to really build the audience 
relationships as well as making sure it's kind of delivering on the ROI. That's the way I look at it. You know, that, that's I, I love how you articulate that. And you know, going back to when we first met each other, you are the master at pulling together lifestyle plus promotion plus entertainment plus all these things. Literally, you know? just had you on this podcast to say nice things. About <laughs> This is a good kickoff. But no, I mean, you're responsible for like the Madden cover vote. You're responsible for some amazing executions with Doritos and other brands. Like that, that mindset that you've kind of translated into triple clicks is kind of a core point of differentiation. Like triple clicks is gaming plus promotion plus lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you talk a little bit about like your the progression you've made as a marketer from being, you know, the head of brand marketing at, at, uh, at EA sports to then going to legendary pictures to then getting the entrepreneurial itch and starting your own agency. Like it, it's amazing. Yeah. There wasn't a roadmap. I, I think at the time I was at wizards in Seattle and uh, a friend, Tom Getty, I've talked about before called me and said, Hey, you should come to EA. Um, which is always, yes, of course, go to EA. Um, so I spent 10 years at, at EA running kind of those things. And the first five years was managing the Madden franchise, which was a pure honor. There's a ton of people that you work with on those franchises. Uh, Jordan Adelstein before me, Tom Getty, Mel Lenzi, great people that were kind of mentors to me to get into this space the right way. So I spent five years on the Madden side and then moved over to the brand side and tried to help develop a, a stronger brand for EA Sports. I did that for a while. And then went to Legendary. And the one thing I noticed getting into the Hollywood side, and we did Pacific Rim and Godzilla and Hangover 3 and Man of Steel and a bunch of those things while I was there. The the fascinating piece was there's a thousand agencies that support the movie industry, and there was never any on the video game side. We used to all bootstrap and do it together. It was, you know, it was a really small team on the Madden side, but it was us. Like, we had to figure it out. And we hired a couple agencies that would help us kind of... They were movie agencies that helped us navigate the partnership space, but it was... We just had a different mentality. So when I got to Legendary and noticed how big that space was, I very much thought, this is what the gaming side needs. And that's really kind of why we built this agency, was literally to do the things we did at EA, um, but for everybody else. How do we really help brands and publishers connect. I mean, we always look at ourselves as the connective tissue between brands, publishers, and consumers, right? How do we make sure that brands are coming into the space the authentic way that consumers can respond positively to? And then how do we deliver uh, above the line and below the line marketing support for the publishers? So everybody kind of collaborates and wins on these programs. And I just felt like there wasn't agencies in the market right now that do it. I think when I started this agency, I was the only gaming agency in the space. And now there's a kind of a bunch of agencies that try to do gaming, but mostly it's selling esports sponsorships and, and influencers and managing those things, which is great. It's just a different model than, than kind of what we're trying to build here, which is building brands um, within the gaming space authentically and long-term. How do we really kind of bring brands in and make them feel credible and authentic and belong in the space um, and have a long run here as opposed to kind of one-off promotions that come and go. We we did it with Doritos with the cover votes. That it was the first time they'd ever done a video game promotion. And we worked with Chris Bellinger and some of the great guys in the Doritos teams that kind of got it. And it, it, it was a journey, but now 10 years later, they're still doing 
a couple of video game programs a year and consumers are expecting them to do something within the space. So, you know, being a front le- front, you know, forward leaning and being, you know, the f- the front runner of those things for brands I think is really important. And I feel like there's so many sp- there's so many industries and categories that still have ample room to run within the gaming side. That's what excites me. That's what I wake up in the morning and get excited about. Like we work with Hollister and help bring kind of they have the best clothing brand for for Gen Z and and how do we help kind of talk gaming to their audience? How do we work with these partners and really kind of come into the space in a unique way? Um, our, our promise is not to get brands on Reddit. Like how do we <laughs> how do we keep these things authentic and and really belonging the right way? So I think it's the creative that we build around those things that that keep brands engaged. You know, you brought up Gen Z. So Gen Z, for those uh, who don't know, it's 1996 to 2010. And their behaviors are really shaping and redefining potentially marketing. They're going to be 40% of consumers by 2020. They spend two and a half hours a day with on-demand content, an hour and a half a day gaming, 50 minutes a day with music. So for you, you mentioned authenticity and also though the lifestyle piece of it. I mean, you've done some amazing collaborations, whether it's with you know, artists, whether it's creating custom Jordans for the, you know, Microsoft teams for during E3 last year, like talk a little bit about the role that lifestyle and authenticity plays and specifically how important that is for connecting with Gen Z. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely Gen Z. I think it also scales, right? I mean, I think what we're seeing now is the world kind of coming together. We, we work with with celebrities who love D&D and were the captain of their football team, right? Like the separation between kind of nerd culture and sports and movie fans was so different 20 years ago, and now it all kind of blends. Like every, you know, being a nerd is cool. When I was a kid, like you paid your dues when you were kind of a nerd. So you, you tend to see that kind of all come together. And when, you know, everybody's chasing the Supremes or chasing the Nikes uh, are also playing video games and they're also eating at Taco Bell and McDonald's. So how do you bring those kind of things together in kind of a unique way? I always, for the movie industry, I think artists always kind of come in and make posters and I don't think we'd ever done that within the gaming space. You know, the, the, the kids that when I ran the sports stuff, the athletes cared as much about Madden as they did Call of Duty and they were huge gamers and get, you know, they would love to have a console in their hotel room that instead of going out to the club, they'd literally bring the guys over to the room and they'd game all night. You know, if you see articles that, you know, players are being affected by their Fortnite, like they're staying up too late playing Fortnite or playing Fortnite. I saw a Philadelphia Phillies player last year took out a TV in the back room because guys were playing Fortnite in the middle of the game. Like it's just the culture, everyone's kind of gaming. And so how do we authentically bring in the things that kids love into the gaming space and, and, and marry those things. And I grew up a shoe fan. So bringing shoes into the space is authentic. The, the guys I work with on at, you know, at Xbox or at Activision or EA or, or they're all shoe fans as well. So how do we bring their passions into it? So I, th- I think it's the gamers because as you said, they're going to sit on their couch for X amount of time and they're going to either go to Netflix. They're going to either stream a, 22% of gamers are playing on multiple screens. You know, gaming is, people say there's multi-screens. Gaming is the number one screen, right? Your, your Twitter's on, you got your Twitter on your phone. You may have an iPad next to you watching a show, but your main TV is a gaming TV. So how, as they're 
navigating through the different pieces of IP or kind of fashion kind of things in the world, how do you start to marry those together? So, you know, you see Nike doing a collab here or you see um, we did some undefeated Halo programs together mm -hmm. when Halo launched and just the idea of crossing over that, that shoe and fashion culture with gaming makes a ton of sense. The guys that are like, we talked to Virgil at Off-White and he's running Louis Vuitton now like that guy, all he does is design and game and DJ. Like those are his three passions. Like he loves gaming. We met with Kanye's people. He loves Altered Beast. Like those those guys love. He loves gaming so authentically. So how how do these guys who love gaming with the fans who love gaming to the guys who are building these IPs? How do we bring those communities together and and elevate the space in a, in a very unique way, but in an authentic way? Uh, that's how we always kind of focus on making things feel like they belong together. There's a lot of like, oh, I can't believe Madden's on the cover of the Pottery Barn catalog kind of moments to get your attention, but then there seems to be no surprise when Xbox drops a custom Jordan at E3 last year. Yeah, no, that was it's some, still some of my favorite representations of the old school Jordan. So I like to talk a lot about the future and technology and AI and robots whenever I'm, I'm speaking. For you, though, I want to ask the question, where do you see the future of gaming going and what is the role and how do you see kind of brand marketers being able to connect and evolve as gaming is evolving? You know, the shift from physical to digital media, you know, what do you see and how can triple clicks kind of continue to be that agency who can future proof essentially gaming for marketers? Yeah, it's... It's interesting. Uh, you're going to talk more about the future part than I am, so I'm going to ask you this exact same question. <laughs> I think for us, it's really about the the transition from physical to digital, which has been happening for 10 years. We were trading pennies for dollars 10 years ago. Now it, we're more one-to-one <laughs> -one ratio. We're working with brands that come into the Kroger's and the Vaughn's and the Fred Meyer's of the world as well as the Target's and Walmart's. And putting gaming brands on products is important. Shopper marketing is one of the things that we really focus on. As we work with brands, it's really being able to help Kellogg's or Chips Ahoy or Sour Patch Kids get more presence at retail through the associations with gaming is important for us. And the retailers love the gaming piece and the kids come in and... It, it's it all kind of marries and comes together. So we are kind of the uh, the you know we're symph we're a symphony of kind of different instruments all coming together. So I think that part is is important, and it becomes tougher as we shift from physical to digital. Like Walmart may focus less on some of the brands because of the digital plays, um, and so then the focus shifts more over to. The grocery section, you, you see, we see, we get pushed back from grocery every once in a while that we don't sell video games and we have to remind them that you also don't sell movie tickets, but you put a lot of Star Wars stuff in your store. So your consumers are gamers. And so there's an education process that the current generation that are running these accounts need to realize that your audience is, is more gaming than movie. And the movie has a two-week window and the games have a six-month window. So just because you don't sell video games doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing these collaborations because your audience is already there. You're just not. Just like you don't sell movie tickets, but you're still doing movie promotions because you understand your audience. So there's a lot of education there. So I think for us, figuring out for the next couple of years, how do we help 
navigate brands and publishers through retail marketing um, as the digital transition happens. For you, you talk about kind of where are we with AI and robots and <laughs> all of the crazy. You're, you're a keynote. You, so as chief innovation and digital officer for Epsilon, you deal with it. You also deal with it. You're a professional keynote speaker and you do mm-hmm. a lot of talks on this kind of stuff. I know you're going to Adobe next week for a big conference and teaching them about kind of the future of this stuff. Our space and gaming in the future, where do you see that kind of coming together? You know, it comes back to it's this continual evolution, right? Right now it's about desktop and mobile, and we're moving towards a time very quickly where it's about voice, vision, and touch. It's like different interfaces. It's more about our, it's that combination of physical and digital. So when you think about things like, you know, we are talking about Cinemark earlier. They ha- they're partnered with The Void, and you can go and have a hyper-reality experience to where people around you are wearing a haptic suit and you can get shot at and you're immersed within the Star Wars world. And, you know, I look left and most both of my boys are in their stormtroopers. Those types of experiences are just absolutely amazing and they're right on the forefront of where we are. But even bringing it back to brand and marketing and how you know, retail is going to evolve, one of the big trends I talk about this year is the idea of digital twins. So a digital twin is basically a simulation. Think about it like a simulation. It's almost like a game in a way to where you're taking a physical environment and you're simulating that digitally. So a lot of what's happening is you're seeing mobile devices now that are able to take and process these experiences much faster. When I launched AR with Volkswagen back in 2011, it was a heavy process. The animation had to be pre-baked. You had to have all these apps. It was, it was just very hard on the consumer. What consumers want out of all of these things, it's ease and convenience. Like at the, at the end of the day, everything everything comes back to it, whether we're talking about gaming or whether we're talking about technology, how it all kind of comes together. So Less friction. It is. It's, it's got to be less friction. And that's ultimately how they're going to take over. So I'm just kidding. But, um, but no, in all honesty, though, whenever I look at all the research that we've done on this topic and you look at how interfaces are evolving, the exponential rate of change associated with technology, how marketing's evolving, you know, there's so much emphasis right now on voice and voice-based assistance, and this is going to impact, you know, marketing as well. We as individuals are going to continue to leverage these as proxies, and soon those proxies are going to talk to each other. So even as a brand marketer, whether you're talking about connecting with a, with a gamer or with whomever else, it's not just about marketing to the consumer, but also to the proxy as well. So there's this whole evolution that's happening. And you've got Gen Z completely shifting and changing the game when it comes. They're the first. They're the first mobile first generation. Like they learn to swipe before they learn to speak. So their immediate habits and how they're basically growing up with gaming, watching gaming, participating. You know, I'm a part of a, a, a national youth gaming league to where we're getting, you know, basically junior esports farm teams together. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's happening in the space, but um, it's an exciting time. And I, again, I, I just bring it back to. You've probably done some of the coolest executions that I've seen, like show up in retail. So the the creative eye, the ability to pull together these partnerships, these different entertainment properties in a way that's authentic and connects. Like you just don't see that every day. Like so much of what you see is kind of manufactured and kind of pulled together. For you, it's like the thing that I always see with triple clicks and why I like the partnership so much. It's that I can look up on your shelf and see this just 
it could look like it could be in a museum, not just on a bag of, you know, chips away. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's a coolness factor to it that applies to everything that's done, but it's done for a purpose to drive the business. Yeah. I think we talked to Fandango a little bit about how, you know, serial promotions and how ticket sales and, and those kind of things. And we're so focused on making sure that the content on the packaging means more than anything else. These kids are in a microtransaction world. How to instead of getting kids to spend three or four dollars on a console, how do we get them to spend three or four dollars at retail and still get that same same digital experience? But there's now they're also getting it through a partner. So that way, Chips Ahoy, Pringles are delivering content that you're going to buy anyways, but you're going to buy these chips as well. And so how do we how do we make this a win for the consumers where it's not just kind of trying to draw, you know, draw every penny out of their pocket? How do we make it a collaborative thing? Pringles is winning by selling stuff. The gaming companies are winning because they're getting their marketing and they're also get delivering assets to them. So we just feel like that convergence of publishers and, and brands for the betterment of gamers really is what hasn't been done mm-hmm. and should should be done more and, and as we build this out. And as we start to get past the digital transition and we get more into voice and we, you know, I'm fascinated with voice and, and all the stuff. And as we start to bring skills to Alexa and, and all those in the series and how do we play through some of that stuff? How is the marketing going to apply that? I mean, how do you see us marketing Madden or Gears of War in three years from now, when we're using more voice than virtual, I think the f- the friction thing is so relevant to me. Just having watched, having been in the space forever and watching it, being able to buy it, I have. I'm very unique because I have probably Xbox. I have four Xboxes probably active for for work purposes and for personal purposes at home. And when a new game comes out, I, I like somebody gave me a physical game the other day, and I said. Oh, thank you. I was I was thankful for it, and then somebody asked me two days later if I needed that game. I'm like, I do. I need a digital copy because I don't want to drag that disc from around <laughs> my world, right? And kids are they've got there's a there's no, an Xbox true. in the living room and one yeah. in the bedroom. And if you're going over to your friend's house, you want to be able to log into your account and play through that game. And so the the digital experience is so different. Now we have to think through the marketing of those things. How do we activate through voice? Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody said our QR code's still around the other day. I'm like, they're actually better than ever because your phone is actually built in through the camera. Mm -hmm. So I think there are a lot of things that feel old school in marketing that are going to come back because we're ready for it. There's a lot of future marketing programs that just weren't ready. We weren't ready for at the time that the technology is not is, is built ready. How do you see marketing in the, in the voice and, and technology space? Yeah. Voice is so important because as we shift from desktop and mobile, like being able to discover and control your experience within the voice ecosystem is key. Like that's absolutely critical. So for the first step is actually having the presence because as this all continues to evolve, we're going to move beyond just, you know, even mobile based search and you start getting into object oriented search using the camera. You start applying computer vision, which is a form of AI. Computer vision simply pulls out high-dimensional contextual images from the environment to help drive some type of decisioning. So all of these things are leading towards towards this. It's all about new forms of discovery. One of the most exciting things from a gaming perspective that I've seen in a while, I was at CES earlier this year, and one of the experiences, there's a company called BrainCo, and essentially you put this halo around your head, it reads kind of your pressure movements, et cetera. 
but I was actually able to control the speed of like a Mario Kart type game. I had a physical input with a steering wheel, but the speed was actually controlled through my thoughts or through how I was concentrating on the screen. So as technology continues to evolve, as we move towards a different form factor beyond just kind of the mobile device, you know, whether that is some form of glasses or contact, there are a lot of patents out there right now. Google's working on a bunch. Your alma mater at the University of Washington is working on a smart contact. That's pretty, uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But over, we're going to see a major shift over the next five to 10 years that the way in which we interface and interact with our environment is going to completely shift. It's going to be less about inputting into the technology and your environment's going to adapt to you. I see the same happening with gaming. I see different types of interface or different ways to game. Essentially, it's a, you, you know, there's always going to be a need at least, you know, for guys like us, like having a physical controller, like is something that's mm-hmm. nice, you know, whether you're a PC gamer, mouse and keyboard, physical controller or whatever else. It may now be, you know, brain controlled or voice based or a combination of the two and how we actually interface with the technology and how that's then discovered. You know, again, if you have that core foundational strategy and you're you're able to basically understand how the algorithms talk to each other in addition to marketing and consumers, that's the first step. So, yeah. Yeah. I think two things. I think if you're controlling your game through through thoughts and movements like we got to figure out a way to block marketing from that no one wants to be marketed to that way <laughs> you know, right yeah, from no, the marketing no. side like that's going to scare people right if, if i had so. it to do all over again i would go back to law school and get into digital rights management because when you start thinking about yeah, 100%. You, you start thinking about the role that you know ar-based simulation is going to play like this whole going back to that digital twin concept like that to me of con- taking and converting this space into a personalized experience, like based on your preferences. That's where I see, th- I see voice assistants evolving us. They're affinity centers. They know us. They know our preferences. They know our queries. 90 million people a month use Siri, basically, or mobile-based, um, mobile-based voice assistants, and 45 million use like smart speakers. So and, and 90% of them ask them what the weather is. Oh, 100%. So we're you know, getting yeah. the apps to the right to the right spot, right? Yeah. You hear Gary Vaynerchuk talk about you're in the shower and you just use the last year's champagne and you have a voice on your you know on your water spout and you're like, "Hey, put more shampoo in my kit." I mean, it's it's that friction it is. piece that, of the that's that, it, 100%. That reminds me of, you think about Minority Report. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise and you get arrested my for precogs, right? <laughs> what if, you, as an IP lawyer, how do you, how can you serve a, you know, cease and desist? Bef- like, I just thought of an idea. I already trademarked the guy walks yeah, in the room. It's, it's so it's less about the murder and more about stealing <laughs> IP ideas. Um, you talked about the contact at the University of Washington. Do you think someone from Oklahoma will come steal that oh, idea like you go. did our basketball here, here team? Here we go. I knew so, this was coming. So, As a University yeah, of Oklahoma I'm a University grad, of Oklahoma grad. Oklahoma City Thunder, left Seattle, <laughs> uh, thanks to Howard Schultz. So uh, every, I feel like everybody, I think personally, everybody from Oklahoma steals things. Like That's oh, just my natural. Well, you stole it, our basketball team. You run to, you guys all moved to Dallas. Nobody <laughs> wants to stay there. Like, just take my belief well, in shots. Yeah, on we Oklahoma. are okay. We are sooner, so land run. You know, sooner. See, it, it just all fits. It's it's fine. I, I have I, Kendall Boyd call in and talk about Oklahoma State at the end of this call. Oh no! Please no! No no no! We can talk about OU all day long, but I can't. I have to stop. It's, uh, <laughs> talking about the Cowboys there, Oklahoma 
the state. What um, but, um what are the uh, <laughs> as as you're going to Adobe next week and you're talking public and doing some of your public speaking? What are the topics? What are you talking about in general that really kind of gets brands excited and and gets them thinking about what are the what are the future plays? You know, everybody is in this kind of same spot. Like there is there is so much data available. So we talk about big data. I like to break it down and make it easier for people to understand the role of structured and semi-structured and unstructured. So that it's important because data is oil for AI. And AI is essentially shifting and translating and transforming how we actually conduct marketing. And AI helps the data helps AI because I feel like da- there's too much data for humans yeah. to process, right? We exactly. we're all data driven and then mm-hmm. we have way too much data and we don't make decisions based on kind of intuition. So I think the AI helps us synthesize the important elements of, of the yeah, data. The ability to drive like predictive analytics, like being able to predict certain outcomes or look at certain, you know, you can look at regression models of the past. I don't want to get too much into the weeds of it. But what we do is we, we've been using uh, different machine learning algorithms for the last three years. And what that is, a machine learning algorithm is simply a human-coded algorithm. So we put it in, we can process millions of conversations and find themes, perceptions, occasions. And that was the basis for our collaboration on the mm-hmm. eSports white mm-hmm. paper. We were able to take and identify genres of gamers against different personality traits and then create an index of which brands would resonate the most with those individuals. So all of that was driven by machine learning and AI. So that's such a critical component. That's going to be an underlying emphasis of how things are going to shift and evolve. So I talk a lot about AI. I talk a lot about spatial computing, which is all forms of how you, how physical and digital are coming together. Um, so that's going to completely redefine how we interact with our environment, whether that's audio-based or visual or whatever else it is. So it's a, it's an exciting time. And uh, just like you do in helping brands and organizations understand you know, how do I, how do I navigate through gaming? There are so many different nuances of it. It's the same thing for me. A lot of my role is how do we navigate some of these shifts and changes that are coming from a technology perspective and, you know, bring it all together. So, yeah. Yeah. I think navigating kind of both sides. I think the interesting thing of us working together is you driving kind of the innovation and and the belief in the data side of it as we start to bring brands and, and gaming partners to collaborate. Um, and making that stuff all seem seamless to the consumer because, mm-hmm. again, the friction and the natural state of the relationships, I think, is really important to make sure that it delivers. You know, kids, you're going to have six seconds of their attention at, at most, and so how do they make them feel like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Though. I'm, I'm in with that. So I appreciate you coming out. Thanks for doing this with me. And, oh. uh, it's f- fun to uh, have this conversation with you. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Chris. This is this has been great. And I'm a huge Triple Quicks fan and wish you guys nothing but the best. Appreciate that. Thank yep. you.